Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. I hope you are safe and well wherever you are listening from. This is episode 103. I'm talking with Kieran Warwick from the Burger Collective, one of the biggest players in the burger scene in Australia. They represent over 800 locations in Australia, absolutely killing it. Been around for a couple of years. This is a fantastic conversation and I'm talking to Kieran about how They've changed their business over the last uh, last couple of months due to COVID, but also what they're looking forward to and, and really how they're developing their app and their community. It's a really good conversation. I think you're really going to love it. As always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you know when it's coming every single week. Let's get into the show. Welcome See. to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. It's fantastic to have you listening along Thanks for tuning in. Today, we've got the founder of the Burger Collective, Kieran Warwick, I should say. Um, A fantastic platform that really tells you everything you need to know about burgers. And if you know my history, you know how much and how long I was involved in burger space in Australia. So it's fantastic to connect up with Kieran. So, hi, Kieran, how are you? Good, thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure, my friend, my pleasure. So um, so let's talk about how you started out, how you started the Burger Collective, like when you started and, and what gave you the initial idea because it's such a cool concept. Yes, yeah, so it's an interesting one. Um, I've, I've always had a passion for, for food and, and cooking and, and the hospitality space mm-hmm. um, and particularly the, the, the one food type that grabbed me was, was burgers. I've mm-hmm. just been... For some reason, there's just something about them that uh, I've been, I guess, addicted to eating them for the last sort of six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And um, the space in Australia has been growing rapidly for the last, as, as you would know, for the yeah. last four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes, it comes from uh, the, it's come over from from the states really, yep. where. Uh, where a lot of these guys in Australia have, have, have got that, um, they've seen what they're doing over there in terms of the, the burger culture mm-hmm. and they've really tried to replicate it over here. And it, it just took off three or four years ago. And how I got into it was I was added into a Facebook group very, very early on. And it had, I think, 300, 400 members. Yep. And the whole idea of the the group was to just review burgers mm-hmm. that you'd eat. And I really liked the concept. And it wasn't something that I would typically get into, but because people were making this this culture that I talk about, it's it's very funny. It's it's sort of pop pop culture-y. Um, and a lot of these reviews were just grabbing me. And I just I I looked at it and I thought, okay this is sitting on Facebook, which is mm. good. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good platform, but it's not built specifically for this type of thing, this, this niche. Yep. And when I saw that, okay, this group is now not 300 people, it's actually 50,000, 60,000, 70,000. I thought, okay, let's, um, let's build a better platform and a better system for, for people to not only review, but, um, start you know even ordering and and getting these restaurants to start being able to connect with these users or these these eaters mm-hmm. uh easier 
Mm-hmm. So when was this, like what year was this that you actually sort of delved into it and opened it up? Uh, yeah, so so 2016 is when I, I really started looking at it seriously and going, okay, let's, is, is there the potential to build the platform? Mm-hmm. Um, and in two, the early 2017 is, uh, is when we launched. Yeah. And how did you, how did you sort of start to launch it? Did you just go to, you know, venues one by one and say, Hey, this is something, this is sort of almost a social media platform that I'm trying to build for the burger community. Like, do you want to be part of it or? Yeah. Yeah, so um, we, we were lucky enough, I'm not sure if you've heard of them, uh, but the BL Burgers Group, mm-hmm. who they're pioneers in, in what, I'm, what I'm talking about in bringing that American burger culture over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably did it the best uh, early on, and there's a couple of other ones like Royal Stacks and stuff that, yep. that have done it well, and, and Yo My God in, in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were lucky enough to build a relationship with these guys early on and just say, okay, you understand that this, that there is a, a platform that is building, mm-hmm. but it's not ideal for you guys. And, and a lot of the restaurants were jumping on this platform as well, this, this Facebook group as well and advertising on it, but it wasn't obviously ideal. You know, it's just a simple post yep. there's, and, and that's it. You know, you just hope that someone sees and so we were able to sit down with five or six founding restaurants or founding partners. That's what we call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and really work out, okay, what would you guys ideally like in a system if we were to, if we were to fully build out the tech, you know, what are all the things you want? What are some of the pain points that you have right now? Mm-hmm. And then once we started compiling all of that, we just got to work really. And the rest is history. So what, what were a couple of things that those those founders were saying to you that they actually wanted that they weren't getting from like other social media applications at the time? Yeah, so the the biggest thing is with the, the biggest downfall with social media in in my opinion is that you all of all of the social medias out there have the function for someone to follow you Mm -hmm. or follow your business, follow your restaurant, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And the idea of that is they're following you because they want to see what content you have. You know, they've elected to see that content. But the trouble is when like, for example, Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is, whatever platform, Instagram you're talking about, Mm -hmm. I'm not just following food platform, uh, food restaurants on there, you know, I, uh, sorry, I'm not just following restaurants on there and I'm not just following, uh, you know, specific burger restaurants on there. Yeah. I'm following the fashion that I like, the sports that I like mm-hmm. every little thing. And so, yes, I'm still following that restaurant, but it's the, when that restaurant posts to try and grab my attention and say, Hey, here's my new special burger that I want you to come in and try. If posted on those platforms it's it's found amongst the clutter of all the other things that i'm following Mm. and i may or may not actually see that that burger and the the fact is i want to see the burger but you know i just don't because Mm -hmm. facebook doesn't serve it to me or instagram doesn't serve it to me and so how our system is different is everyone who any user who follows a burger restaurant anytime that restaurant puts out an update and that might be 
a special burger that they have. It might be a discount that they're running. Um, any, any sort of update, you know, menu hours, that sort of that that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get push notified to all of the people that are following that restaurant. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're sitting there. It's on a, on a Monday, and I use BL for example because they. They've got something like two and a half thousand followers across the group in mm-hmm. on, on our app. Mm-hmm. Every Monday, they released a, a special burger across their four stores. That burger then gets pushed notified directly to every single person's phone. And they look at it and they go, okay, wow, this is the BL special. They can open it up. They see what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's directly notifying that user right mm-hmm. it's the most direct apart from a text message it's the most direct way to to get the attention of your potential customer yeah and so that's the that's the biggest difference between our social media and uh you know your instagrams and whatever yeah because the people that would connect i'd imagine the people who connect with this and download the app and understand it are like diehard burger heads right like they um, Freaking love funny. burgers, right? So they, yeah, it's it's kind of fanatical. It's uh, I didn't expect it to be anything like this. There's there's some of these guys are spending, and I, when I say guys, I mean guys and girls, girls yeah. are spending you know four, five, six hours a day on our app, and obviously oh, these wow. are our yeah these these are our super users, mm-hmm. but it's just it's it's mind boggling to me that. There, there are people out there that are as passionate as I am about these burgers and discovering them and finding them and just making the whole experience a little bit better and a little bit more fun while yep. you eat. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy to to see. Do you, do you have any understanding as to why like the kind of fanatical nature doesn't really happen in another genre as much? Like you don't like you sort of see like people who are this excited around desserts. But you don't really see it in pizza. You don't see like there's no there's no pasta collective. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. there isn't this sort of yeah. thing. Like when I, when I go to any kind of um sort of new burger burger opening or whatever, and and see the guys and girls who are you know who are the entrepreneurs in this space who are like taking incredible shots and really thinking about how they prep the product before they eat it and all that kind of stuff like it's really full-on like it's it's more full-on than any part any cuisine in hospitality can you have an understanding into why that is and it hasn't gone into other segments yeah so i have a few theories uh but my my main one is that it's a burger is very very customizable Mm -hmm. it's it's gone to a point and look if you I was born in America, right? So, so it's a bit of a, it's a contentious point, right? What it actually is a burger, yep. but for, in Australia, for all intents and purposes, a burger is anything between buns. And so what that means for, and I mean, it even goes to like certain types of buns and it goes in crazier, but let's stick with that. Mm-hmm. And, and so you seeing such a crazy amount of things and obviously you know in in pasta there's several types of different pastas out there and there's several different types of pizza out there 
But what people are doing with burgers is they're taking like other foods and they're sticking it inside a burger. So you can have a pasta burger, you know, mm. people are putting macaroni and cheese on there. People are putting a pizza burger together or a mm -hmm. Parmigiana burger together. And anything that anyone can think of, essentially, they're putting between buns. And when you do that, you're creating a, a, a type of food that's exciting and it's, some of these they're almost like inventions you know people are like mm -hmm. what, what's the next thing that we can invent for the burger mm -hmm. and that makes it very viral it makes people go wow did you see they put that in a burger or did you see they you know they put 60 patties on that burger and it was the biggest thing i've ever seen mm -hmm. it just creates a lot of uh, viral content mm -hmm. and it's they they take and, and the second thing is I think they, they are very photogenic as a, as yeah. a, a food type. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's very hard to get a ramen looking different each time. So mm -hmm. the ramen collective is probably last on our list, but yeah. we do have, you know, ideas of there, there are certain food types out there that do fit this niche, mm -hmm. but you're right. It's, it's not every food. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about what's happened since COVID for your business, Kieran. Like, has anything changed very much, or have you guys sort of just doubled down on the content that you that was happening, or what's what's been yeah, happening? Yeah, so it was a bit of a tricky one. I mean, it it did severely affect us when it actually first hit. Ross and I, my co-founder and I, we we were in the states when it happened, right? And uh, Essentially, what we're over there doing is we're, we're meeting with one of our partners that we've worked with for our burger expo, mm -hmm. which I'll, I'll explain in, in a sec. And so um, for us, we had plans to start moving into the American market. Um, we built out, and, and that might seem, you know, like, wow, how are you going to do that? That's, that's a little bit crazy. But for us, we built our platform solely on the basis of organic growth mm -hmm. as in to 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 the point where and where we would ideally like to get to is essentially it's completely run by the restaurants you know yeah. they can sign up to it themselves they can advertise themselves the platform simply is just there and it runs itself mm -hmm. and so what that means is launching in another market overseas as long as the, the restaurants can find the platform and hear about us, so as long as there's enough marketing around it, mm -hmm. and that comes with a bunch of, you know, different partnerships and, and whatever that we're going to do. But effectively, we don't really need a BDM team. We don't really need, uh, you know, all of the, the things that a traditional business would need. And mm -hmm. the reason is because we didn't, we, we built that, we started this business on the basis that, we're not going to be able to, if in the case that we can't raise, you know, an absurd amount of money because we're in Australia and it's yeah. really tough to raise money. Yeah. We need to be able to stand on our own two feet and we need people saying, Hey, I just joined the burger collective. You need to join it. And yeah. that's, that's the way that, that we build it up. And so, um, that's that was obviously put on hold we had to come back to australia mm -hmm. and then you know thinking about going overseas it's uh, america right now in terms of restaurants is a very similar situation to what's happening in melbourne mm -hmm. if they're open it's 
super, super restricted. And so our plans there basically have just been put on hold completely. Mm-hmm. So let's, that dovetails pretty nicely into my next question. Like what, what do you think is going to happen in the burger space over the next 12 months? Because I mean, this has been a category that has grown exponentially for the last 10 to 12 years. Like when I joined grilled in 2008, like, yeah. I sort of felt like that was the start, right? Like you had yeah. you had these yeah. burger restaurants who are all of a sudden breaking away from, you know, um, Hungry Jacks and McDonald's and, and starting to really care about product and then it just bloody expo- exploded and then sort of the next wave was kind of when I li- started to live in Melbourne about five years ago and I met people like Danny Zini from, you know, from Royal Stacks and, and DJ Richards from... Um, from Bull and Canteen used to be heroes and, you know, stuff like that, like, and just got sort of engrossed in that burger community. Like, it's a very resilient (laughs) pocket, right? Like, what do you think is going to happen over the next 12 months in Australia? Well, I think we're already seeing it happen now. And the the most, the, the biggest and the most obvious one is that people are moving more to digital ordering. Mm. And what that means is delivery, as we've seen, it's it started booming. Um, we're also seeing uh, growth in in apps that offer digital menus, mm-hmm. uh, ways for for people to order literally inside the venue. Mm-hmm. And so everything is going. Uh, I I believe that I I think it was going to go this way anyway. Yeah. Um, which is sort of unfortunate, and I don't really like that that we're moving towards such a digital way of eating i guess Mm. but i think it's just expected like like everything else um and so for for us as well we are moved we we've just signed a partnership with doordash Mm -hmm. and uh we're moving into the delivery space as well Mm -hmm. and i just think that it you know it's something that we have had on the cards for a long time, but COVID really, really forced our head. And mm-hmm. we're, okay, yeah, because we we sort of got it was a weird position and almost awkward because our entire business model is about driving foot traffic back into the restaurant. Mm. And at the time when COVID hit, it was sort of the the, the government sort of seeing they're like, don't go into restaurants and work like our our marketing guys are like, do we tell them to go into the restaurant? Do we not tell mm. them to go? Into, like, where are we at? Where, where, how do we, where do we even stand here? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so delivery was the, the most obvious option. And that's, uh, that's where we're moving into. And I think that's where most of uh, the industry has got to move into. Yeah. Do you think, like, are you excited or scared about, you know, that digital change and moving to things like ghost kitchens and, maybe taking out the experience and delivery being, you know, 30, 40, 50% of some of these businesses. Like, is that, is that an exciting thing for you to see or is that, or are you a bit concerned about that because people don't have the experience in venue as much anymore? Um, I, so yes and no. So, so I think, uh, for me, I'm a, I, I've always been a massive, massive advocate for delivery mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, I like tech. I, I like convenience, the ability to order yep. anything at the touch of a button. Mm-hmm. The no part of me is 
having 800 restaurant partners out there. We have great relationships with these guys. I love our restaurant partners. You know, mm -hmm. we've been supporting them forever and, and seeing, seeing it move away from them and have, and, and them effectively lose some of the power that they have over their own food and their own restaurant and it going into the hands of guys like Uber Eats and, mm. and you know, some of these other big Deliveroo and, and stuff like that, that scares me a lot. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that we're trying to do with delivery is we're not just going to launch and say, okay, we need delivery now because, you know, that's, that's all we can do. Yeah. We've literally gone in at the lowest rate we possibly can and it'll seem crazy, but we're actually not trying to make any money out of, out mm -hmm. of our delivery mechanism. Mm -hmm. It's just another way for us to simply say, here's, here's an option for you. It's the cheapest one possible. And what we're hoping for from our restaurants is they say, look, screw these Uber guys that are taking, you know, so much profit off us that we can't actually make any money. Yep. Let's go with a smaller guy and build them up because we know that they're going to support us. And we're just, you know, we're able to, to continue trading and navigate through this new digital world. Yeah. Do you think, you know, obviously you're saying there you've got, you know, you've got 800 venues as partners. I mean, that's an, that's incredible, Kieran. Um, I'd imagine most of those are on the, are on the East coast and um, hence why you can do yeah. the, you know, you can do the facilitation with DoorDash. Um, the company I'm currently working for is doing the same thing with DoorDash. Like, for you guys to come at a market perspective and go, okay, we've got 800 partners, DoorDash, let's do a good deal because we don't want to fuck over like these partners mm -hmm. that we want to make sure they're successful. Do you think Do you think that's the way that sort of venues, even outside of burgers, need to think about delivery moving forward? Because I feel that's what's happening in America. Like it's moving to sort of white label delivery and mm -hmm. using yep. providers like, like DoorDash and obviously, you know, different providers in the US and UK, but like, it, it seems like it's going to move away from Uber and delivery, like the big two in Australia pretty soon. Like, is that, is that what you're sort of feeling as well? It is. It, it is. And one of the things that were one of the biggest struggle points that, that people have with these systems is they don't let you own the customer. Yeah. And 100%. There's, there's no way to market back to the customer. And so with our system, we like, we've taken that completely out and we're saying, you get full autonomy to be able to market to your, to your followers whenever you want, mm -hmm. you know, you can, there's, there's no restrictions on that. Um, and so we're trying to get them to know their customer a little bit more. And we're even, we're even toying with the idea of, uh, of allowing them to, to market directly to the customer, as in, mm -hmm. you know, through email and, and other sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's all about, how we can support these guys through yep. this and the, the the struggle with it to answer your question about other restaurants going into this it's all well and good for a burger restaurant now to have an option for a white labeled system mm. where they can get it way cheaper and they can start pumping it up and and whatever but where i worry is the you know the Chinese restaurant or the yeah. Thai restaurant or, or whatever, mm -hmm. he doesn't have a choice. He's mm -hmm. just got to jump on every single platform yeah. and he doesn't own the customer. 
you know, there's no Thai collective or whatever that he can, he, where he gets his support. Yeah. And I think, and again, so I worry about them right now, but it's only a matter of time before a big, big player goes, okay, we, we can't sustain this anymore. Yeah. We now need to, to, hand over the customer and and it's not a full handover i'm what i'm talking about is both companies being able to utilize the the marketing mm-hmm. to the customer mm-hmm. but right now it's just way way too lopsided and it's it has to change yeah yeah it's definitely yeah that's the one thing it's definitely going to change i'm glad to see that um venues are starting to get control back of their customer um that's, yeah. the, that's been the biggest loss out of you know going to big um, third-party aggregators. So I'm I'm happy to see that. Um, let's talk about. I would love to know what your craziest burger you've had in a venue is, and why you why you prefer why you have to think about that maybe for a second. Um, I so DJ as I said before from Baldwin Canteen here in Melbourne. Um, I had a burger with him that he called Tried or Diet in it was 20, 2018 or it was last year. I think it might have been early last year. And it was basically a, a massive donut burger, like a homer-sized donut burger that was about, uh, I'm prefacing it here, like that big. So it was very big. Yeah. And it was five beef patties Jeez. and five bits of bacon, uh, double cheese. But he put jam in the middle of it. Like it, like hence, like the donut sort of theory of it, and I could not get through. And I saw all these people doing challenge. He did a challenge for like two weeks, and um, you know, obviously he had all the you know the um, the food guys and girls like smashing it in like ten minutes, and I couldn't <laughs> finish it. And I was there for like twenty, and I just couldn't finish it. And I'm not a small boy, Kieran, so like I was, I was like bravado, like I'm going to smash this man. Like I'm not a professional food eater, but like I'm going to smash it. And it was, yeah, but with all those so elements bad, mixing you know? together. Oh, yeah, the sweetness of the jam was the thing that killed me, I think, at the end of the day. But um, but anyway, like can you reflect on maybe some of the weirdest or, or best burgers that you've had? To be honest, so I tend to – I get asked this question a lot, right? And, <laughs> and like how big and whatever and – I'm pretty traditional in that I, unless I'm being coaxed into doing something or someone's betting me I can't do something, I'm yeah. a very competitive person. Um, then I tend to stick with just your standard cheeseburger or fried chicken burger or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, having said that, uh, there was a there was a burger that I got challenged to do. Um, in a place called Burger Love, actually. Mm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and I like chili, but I'm not a massive, massive fan of chili. And this was just, he, you know, I walked in, and and the, the thing about being partners with all these restaurants is when you walk in, it's like, oh yes, you got to try this, you got to try that, and then. A lot of the time you're like, fuck, I just really wanted a cheeseburger and yeah. now I'm eating four patty <laughs> chicken, bacon and in a donut. Yeah. In a donut yeah. on top of a croissant and you're like, fuck, man, it's breakfast. I can't eat. And so, um, yeah, this was one of those situations mm. and Steve, the, the owner, he, he was in 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't even tell him that I was coming in. I just dropped in and he went, oh, Kieran, yep, we've just put this burger. I forget what he was calling it. It was something ridiculous, like yep. just the Satan's Inferno or some, <laughs> something like that. And I, I make it, there's another problem that you have. You're partnered with them, so you can't actually deny it. not you have to, finish yeah. the burger. Well, you can't deny it. That's the yes. first thing, 100%. But you can't not finish that burger. And, <laughs> I finished it and I'm not even like I had so much sweat and it was big as well. So it was just, yeah. and so in terms of crazy, that was the craziest I've ever done. And on the flight back, it was the worst experience <laughs> of my life. Like it was actually a good tasting burger, but like uh-huh. I just had no taste buds after it. So yeah, yeah, that was probably the craziest I've done, but I've done so like you said, the donuts, the jams, the peanut mm. butters. Mm. I've been there. I've yeah. done it all. Doesn't surprise me. Sounds like something Steve would do. So um, <laughs> I know him quite well. Um, <laughs> what's um, what's happening in the landscape for you guys? Um, sort of moving forward. Like, what are you what are you planning now that maybe you know you were going to go to America, but maybe that's on hold for a little bit, or like, what are you what are you planning with the burger? Yeah, places? so so we're really going to we're we're fully committed to Australia now. We're mm-hmm. really going to focus on. Um, our core, as, as you touched on, our core is, you know, Sydney, Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, the East Coast of Australia, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, what is really, really good to see is Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane and Gold Coast are, yep. are starting to get the craze now. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's obviously going to be delivery, but then it's going to be moving into those other cities even even as far as going to you know Hobart and stuff like that to, yep. to really get out there because we've obviously got a lot of data on what people are you know what burgers they're searching for where they're searching all yep. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and Perth particularly is just on fire at the moment mm-hmm. and so yeah so that's that's going to be our main focus mm-hmm. um, and then yeah just bringing the cheapest most affordable valuable delivery solution to restaurants across Australia, yeah. to burger restaurants. Do you, do you have an understanding why like um, Perth and Adelaide and have sort of taken a bit longer? Like, so I'll preface this with I'm from Adelaide originally. Do you want a joking answer? Or do <laughs> <laughs> and I've lived in Perth for, I lived in Perth for six months, right? Um, running, yeah. running burger venues. So I know, I know what the burger landscape is like in Perth and Tasmania kind of feels a bit like, Melbourne, the couple of times I've gone there in that sort of space, like it feels like a more localized version of of Melbourne. Like if I was going to go do, you know, go to a venue in Brunswick or Yarraville yeah. or something like that, that's kind of feels what Tasmania feels like to me. But yeah, hundred percent. Like, yeah. why do you, why do you think it's taken a bit of time in in Adelaide and Perth to sort of jump on board? Surprise. Uh, I mean, it's so. I think it's the influence from overseas. To be mm. honest, I think uh, when you get tons and tons of people coming to Bondi and 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 going to St Kilda yep. and stuff like that from uh America and Europe and mm-hmm. and and stuff like that they're bringing with it this expectation of oh this isn't a burger this mm. isn't a, you know and after a while that slowly starts trickling through and i i purely based on just there's more people from overseas that are coming into Sydney and Melbourne yep. that can pass on that influence of what what is a really good tasting burger because 
if you go back five, six years ago and you ask nine out of 10 Australians, they're going to hit you up and say beetroot, tomato, and just everything. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. The burger, you know, which is just not what we consider a gourmet burger anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I just put it down to that. Um, and the fact that they're 10 years behind with, with everything. Yeah. And the fact that, no. and the fact that <laughs> WA pretty everything. much wants to be its own country. So um, I think. Um, no, but yeah, I think, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to see. Um, the last question before I let you go, Kieran, as I've been asking every guest uh, the last couple of months, is what are you looking forward to doing again that you were doing pre-COVID that you can't do now? Running your expos. Yeah. Cool. Just hand down running your expos. Mm -hmm. They like I feel like they got ripped from me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I was playing with my toy in the playground and someone has come and taken it. And I'm like, <laughs> I want my toy back. Yeah. Um, and it just it's a shame, right? Because we our first event, we had seven, eight thousand people there. Mm -hmm. We we didn't really build it up to be such a big thing, and it turned into something huge. And we just want to share that experience. Like we haven't even been to Melbourne with one of our expos. Right. We want to bring it to Queensland. We want to bring it to WA. And so that, and, and they're just super exciting events mm -hmm. to run. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's, that's what I'm looking forward to the most, but even it's not even a post like, okay, we've, we've got a vaccine and yeah. COVID's, it's, it's more than that because I think, after things settle down and, and this thing starts going away, I think people are going to be a lot more wary of, you know, 10,000 sized events. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Yeah. It's going to be a whole lot different. I think um, uh, I've spoken to a couple of people in events the last couple of months and they're obviously super op optimistic, but I think the curation of events and the experience around them is going to be a whole lot different. And I think, will breed a whole lot of a uh, whole lot more innovation, right? But um, but it'll be an exciting 100%. time. Yeah, Kieran, yeah. Thanks so much for joining me on today's podcast, man. Like, how can people find out more about the Burger Collective and and about yourself? Um, so jump onto our website, and you can uh, you you'll find all our download links there. Mm -hmm. um, we're on the App Store, Android Store. Mm -hmm. um, haven't reached Windows yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, if really really encourage people if you want to find the best burger there's thousands and thousands of people on there mm -hmm. that are posting exactly where to find a burger and you never know it literally could be around the corner in yep. a, a corner of it, it, in a tiny little door space and they could be <laughs> selling the best burgers in the world you just never know absolutely it's got to try different things um as always linked up in the show notes so people can check you out Kieran from Burger Collective. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks again, Sean. Cheers. Thanks so much for Kieran for joining with that podcast. I hope you really got something out of that and saw the burger landscape changing over the next over the next year. It's going to be really, really exciting. As always, if there's someone you think I should be talking to, make sure you drop me a line, Sean at openpantryco.com. Otherwise, just leave me a message. If you go into the show notes here, you'll be able to see where you can have a chat. Reach out to me really simply. 
If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure you share it with people inside the industry. Uh, The feedback I always get is valuable and I love it. So make sure you keep it coming. Until next time, stay safe. Talk to you soon. Thank you.